George Herbert, who wrote that, is one of my favorite poets. In fact, he is my favorite poet. So uh, great, great text for that today. Let me read, well, let me say a couple things first. First of all, thank you for, um, for such a great celebration last week. It was really a good day for the church. And for those of you who were able to attend, I just thank you for coming. And uh, it's such a joy for me to see uh, the community involved in such a, a ceremony, really. I mean, where else is that happening except in the church, where a group of people make a commitment to someone and that person makes a joyful commitment to them as well. So neat, neat uh, day for the life of the church. The other thing I want to say is, you know, yesterday we had a memorial service for Bruce Wolf, who was a, a longtime member of this church and really a world-renowned sculptor. And it was a great service. The sanctuary was full and uh, just a great time of honoring and celebrating his life. Um, pray for Linda and Heather and Hillary as, as they grieve the loss of their dad and uh, husband. So today we're going to do something a little bit different, so hold on. Um, we'll see how we get through it. But let me read the scripture first, and then we'll pray and we'll jump right in. Here it is from 1 Thessalonians, chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. God, we thank you for, as Rick said, what you are doing in our church, um, for the hope that we have, for all the lives that are being touched, we give you thanks. Um, we pray that today as we talk about our church and what's ahead for us and what's happened in the past, we pray that you would speak to us a clear word that we may be encouraged and see your hand in all that is going on. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. I received an invitation uh, sometime during Advent to a seminar about the state of the church in America today. And I'd like to read you the kind of the opening paragraph uh, inviting us to come to the seminar. It said this, it said, It goes without saying, at least for many, that uncertainty looms large for the church in America. And pastors are stressing under its weight. Sanctuaries are emptying, tithes are diminishing, and the remaining faithful are growing weary. And the time-honored or innovative methods of congregational growth and vitality are ringing hollow. Optimism is drying up. In the meantime, much of the watching world views Christian folk with derision, or at best, mild amusement, with our identity crises, ecclesiastical division, and political enmeshment. Where is God in all of this? I hate to say it, but it's a pretty accurate description of the American church today. As Mark Laberton last week said in his sermon, the American church is experiencing disorientation, 
reorientation, confusion, loss of hope, and frankly, many people are just not returning to church after this pandemic that we've just experienced. Think back to a year ago for our church. I was amazed as I thought about what actually was going on in our church a year ago. Do you remember this? Because of the Omicron surge that we experienced in December and January, we had to cancel our Christmas Eve services like a day before we were uh, supposed to have them. So we watched online. We postponed our stewardship campaign, which was supposed to happen in January, uh, to March, when we were hoping that everybody could be together again. And the day I was voted on by the church to be your installed pastor, I was in my basement watching on Zoom in my pajamas. <laughs> you know, just like so many other churches, we were wondering, really, what's going to happen to Piedmont Community Church? And on top of all that other churches were experiencing, we were experiencing some other things. I often said it was like a perfect storm. We came out of uh, a number of years of decline, really, and a pastoral transition, leadership transition, that really was kind of rough. There was a lot of hurt in our church. People were wondering what's going to happen. We were concerned about our finances because the government assistance, which was a huge help for us, uh, was not going to happen. It was not going to be offered in 2022. And we had lost many givers in our church, either through death or by moving away. Lumber of people had left our church. And we were all wondering, weren't we? What's going to happen to PCC? And in the midst of all that, our stewardship committee came up with a theme for the stewardship campaign. Will we grow? As I look back on it, I think, that was kind of audacious. <laughs> With all this going on, I mean, it should be, will we survive? <laughs> will we be a church in 10 years? Which is a legitimate question for many churches today. And yet, they came up with this theme, will we grow? And now, a year later, and... I hope you're encouraged by this. A year later, we can say with a resounding, yes, we will grow. Amazing what's happened in the last, really, last 10 months, 12 months. Lots of good things have happened. So, <clears throat> the stewardship committee, <clears throat> I gave a talk at a, a dinner back in November, where I, I kind of just talked about the progress of the church, and Pat, our president, who, can we just give Pat a round of applause, because she, <laughs> she, I tell you what, I, I talk to her every day, you know, yesterday she called me, she said, you know, this is on Friday at like 4.30 in the afternoon, it's almost happy hour, right, on Friday? She said, this is your best friend, or should I say your greatest annoyance? And I said, no, you're my best friend. She's just given her heart and soul to leading this congregation. Uh, and has made such a difference. 
but they have asked me to kind of give a state of the church address today. Um, kind of just to bring you up on some of the progress that we've made. I hope, I have this section off so that I can slice and dice so I don't go too long. Um, but there's a lot of good things that we have to celebrate. And I want to say this, I hope we don't feel like this is bragging because really we're kind of an outlier. <clears throat> Our church is, is experiencing things that not many churches in America are, are experiencing today. And I want to say it's, it's not bragging. I hope it's a time of celebration. And I hope it's a time to thank God for what God has done in our, in our church. Because I've been in this business <laughs> long enough to know that unless God moves, um, nothing really of great value happens in a church. It's kind of humbling, really, as a pastor. You're really dependent on God pouring out his Holy Spirit on the church to make it thrive again. And this is what's happened to us. So let, I hope it's encouraging. I hope it's a time of celebration. Um, and I will say a lot of people have worked really hard, but God has done something. So how have we progressed? How have we responded to this question, will we grow? Well, we have grown. And I just want to highlight some ways that we have grown this last 12 months. First of all, we've just grown in numbers, just flat out, we've grown in numbers. In some ways, difficult to determine exactly where we are compared to a year ago, or well, not so much a year ago, but two or three years ago, because things have changed so much. You know, in 2019, when we entered into this pandemic, or just pre-pandemic, we didn't have an online service. We didn't have an online uh, presence. And as I think back, and Scott, you can remember this, I think back to preaching in front of an empty church and a camera. That was a really just joyful experience, wasn't it? <laughs> and learning how to do that. Don, you did it too. It was just so weird. But all that's changed. Now we have this online service, and the people who watch online are equal to the number who are here in the sanctuary. And so we're trying to compare kind of apples and oranges in some ways, but any way you slice it, we've grown. Um, in 2019, we had two in-person worship services. Remember that? Now we have one in-person and our online presence. Here's the good news. The total number of people who worship with us every week between those two things is up 56%. Yeah, wow! You can say that. Go ahead. Say wow. <laughs> it is truly remarkable. I mean, I'm a pretty optimistic person. I think you know that by now. And I've seen God do some amazing things in churches. But this is really something. I've the, the number I'm hearing, and Scott and Don and others, we've heard <coughs> 30 to 50% decrease as we come back to the sanctuaries in the, in the country. People, as Mark said last week, people have just left the church. And yet we're up 56%. Our, our in-person worship really is just with one service during Advent, during the fall was almost equal to what we had pre-pandemic for two services. Um, 
this is really something and something to rejoice about. Our fall was just great. Advent was great. Um, lots of new faces, new families. As a staff, we've been looking at the number of new people who <coughs> have come to, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> have come to our church since the pandemic. And we've come up with over 70 people who are new to our church. And these aren't people who have come once and we never see again. These are people who are getting involved in significant ways in our congregation. That is probably 50, over 50 adults and, and kids. We're also growing in engagement just in numbers, you know, in our service projects, in life groups, as, as Rick talked about, spiritual formation classes, increased volunteerism, a new hospitality team is in place. Children's ministry, which was just decimated. I mean, really, if you look at any ministry in the church that was hurt by the pandemic, it was the children's ministry. I mean, we just didn't see kids for two years. And now, Leslie has told me that we're getting 15 to 20 kids, which is, you know, pretty small. But wow, that's a big increase percentage-wise from, from nothing, right? Uh, we had an Advent fair that was just fabulous. Probably 200 people, in, uh, 150, 200 people in Fellowship Hall or in the Guild Parlor. Our youth ministries is back in, in form. Two full Mexico trips. You know, Scott, last year when he was planning the first, trying to get the first uh, post-pandemic Mexico trip going, didn't know what was going to happen. Would kids show up? Hadn't happened for a number of years. Filled in a day or two, right, Scott? Today, the same thing. 195 kids are signed up to go to Mexico this year, plus a bunch of adults. We have a youth choir for the first time in a long time. <laughs> I don't know how many years somebody could tell you. Yeah, I knew the choir would love it. We have a, a winter retreat planned for junior hires for the first time in years. And a post-Mexico post-retreat uh, planned for high school kids. Our parents of middle schoolers and high school students are, are meeting together once a month to support each other. So lots of good things growing in children and youth ministries. So we've grown just in numbers. You can look at it anywhere around the church. Things are growing. We're growing in communication. Uh, when I first got here, probably the complaint I heard most was, uh, we aren't being transparent with the congregation. You need to tell us everything that's going on. We've worked hard. I don't know how we could be more transparent. <laughs> I'm not hearing that so much anymore. Pat's monthly letters about the, uh, you know, the, what happened at the Board of Trustees meetings is great. It's helpful. People are, are knowing what's going on. Uh, we're growing in communication thanks to Michael Barber, who is just such a gift to this church. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. <laughs> Man, his digital communication, his hard copies, the, the new uh, messenger that is given out every week, uh, just all of it. We're communicating with you. The Board of Trustees approved a communication plan back in November, and it's our roadmap for communicating both you and outside the church. We're growing in effectiveness. You know, other things, we're getting stuff done. <laughs> you know, one of the things I often heard when I, when I first came here was, you know, we make great plans, we develop vision statements and, and all these different uh, 
plans for our church, but then those, those documents get put in a drawer and nothing happens. Well, things are happening. We're doing the things that we're planning to do. We had four task forces this last year. Took really what the mission study team came up with as recommendations for our church, and we took each of those primary areas and, and reimagined and revisioned in, in uh, children and youth ministry, which we're now calling next-gen ministries, in uh, communication, in uh, spiritual formation, in mission. All those task forces have come up with plans, and now we're implementing them, except for the mission team is still working on theirs. So we're getting stuff done. We vision. We have a new process of visioning and planning and staff evaluations that we never had before that are focusing us on major goals for the year. Last year, we came up with six major goals for our church, which were to be completed by June 2023. Can you believe we're in 2023? (laughs) We've already finished six of the eight, and we have six months left. So the staff is going to Hawaii for a while. (laughs) All these things are just exciting. Personnel and finance have just been doing what I call basement work. You know, you're down in the basement working. Nobody sees what you're doing. It's not real fun stuff. But reorganizing, uh, increasing the effectiveness of our church, creating new policies, All those things are structures that nobody sees, but they're so important. And they make for a healthy church. I want to share this with you, and you'll hear more about it later, but the Next Gen Task Force, which worked for a number of months on coming up with new ideas for children's and youth and family ministry. You know, that was the number so clearly, the number one uh, priority that came from you during the mission study. They came up with a plan, they made a bold proposal, and I have to say, the Board of Trustees, in a bold move, I think, which I love, step of faith, they have decided to uh, create a new position to oversee children and youth and family ministries called the Next Gen Lead or the Next Gen Director, and we will be looking for that person full-time in the near future, hoping to fill up that amazing building that we have over there that hasn't been filled in years. So you'll be hearing more about that. We don't know exactly um, how we'll pay for it in the long distance future, but we're going to borrow money from some of our reserves and step out in faith that this will bring in new families and will be able to pay for itself in uh, three years. That's bold. I was so proud of our board of trustees that they decided to do this. We want to see our buildings filled with children and kids. You know, this pandemic has hit kids and youth harder than anybody else. They need to know the love of God. They need a place where they can come and feel safe and feel valued and feel loved and to hear the gospel. So we're praying. Pray for us that we can find the right person who can lead this important ministry. We're also growing in hope. And as Rick said earlier, man, there's a palpable excitement about what's going on. When I first arrived, I honestly had many conversations with people who said, will our church survive? Do you think we can make it? 
And I said, absolutely. This church has a lot of good things. We just got to pray that God moves and work hard. I'm not hearing those conversations anymore. You can feel the excitement, the optimism, the hope that God has good plans for the future of our church. We're growing in generosity. You know, last year, the stewardship campaign boldly, I think, asked for quite, an in, uh, quite a bit of an increase in our giving budget. Ended up that it increased by 34% over the previous year. This is exciting. Average pledge increased. Um, overall giving for this year is up from last year. We raised above that goal. So our growth and generosity has definitely occurred. We're growing in unity. Um, Pat's leadership on the Board of Trustees has just helped us come together. You know, the Board is making big decisions, tough decisions, but they're doing it together. They're united. The staff is united. Um, we're growing in unity. And finally, I would say this. We're growing in love. Do you feel it? If we were to grow in just one thing, this would be my prayer. That we would grow in, like in this verse that I read a few minute, minutes ago, that our love for each other would increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. We've seen this. It's hard to measure, but you can feel it. Can't you? I had a long-term member for whom I have a ton of respect, came up to me at our coffee hour not long ago and said, Steve, we are becoming a more loving church. And I would agree with that. I know the new members who we've welcomed, 22 new members, we always ask them, how, how has your experience been in the church as a new person? Without exception, without exception, each one has said, man, this has been the warmest, most welcoming church I've ever experienced. I have felt so embraced. That says something. I loved what Mark said last week. I was challenged by his sermon when he said, you know, I mean, here's what I thought was his message. That as a church, we are to cross boundaries in love. All people. Those who, we may, uh, who may bum us out at times. That was an amazing quote, wasn't it? <laughs> to even embrace those who might bum us out. To love one another. To love the world around us. Boy, Jesus said... They will know you are my disciples by your love for each other. That's a bold statement. I pray that we continue to uh, become a more welcoming church and love the world around us. It's the most important mark of the church. So this year, there are other things that have happened over the year, but I'm not going to bring them up because we're running out of time. But I'll say this. This year, our theme for stewardship is growing together. I love that. Continue to grow. Continue in our love for each other. Continue being united as we move forward in mission and ministry. Amen. God, we thank you for all that you have done and all that you are doing in our church.
Lord, we're just grateful for you, to you, that you have chosen to bless this particular group of believers in this little corner of the world. We pray that you would help us to be faithful, that you would help us to uh, continue to love one another as you have loved us and to love the world around us. For we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.